When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitchList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is May 3rd. And yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Did you watch the Miller vs. Miller battle yesterday? If you didn't, what are you doing? Go watch it. It is so fun. Bryce Miller, prospect for the Mariners, came up, made his MLB debut. Six innings, one and run, two hits, zero walks, 10 Ks. While Mason Miller for the Athletics made his third MLB start and dominated as well. Seven innings, zero runs, zero hits, four walks, six Ks. So quickly on both of these, I've been getting so many questions about who do I like more? Which Miller do I like more? What about Bybee and Allen and Gavin Stone's coming up today and Brandon Fott and Louis Varland and whole oh boy. In short, throw as many darts as you possibly can. All of them could work. Some of them might not. Some will get pushed back down to the minors. I don't know yet. As of right now, I think Bryce Miller has an amazing four-seamer. I really like the fact that he goes north-south with it. He doesn't go east-west. When he misses, he misses middle-middle, which is fine. Okay. But he misses either too high or too low often, which is way better than missing too far in or too far out. And I like that a lot from Bryce Miller. Secondaries were kind of lacking. By the end, a little bit better, but really, this was just a four-seamer start against the Jokeland Athletics, and that's not really something that uh, I want to really lean on moving forward because I feel that other teams will know the book on Bryce Miller saying, okay, he throws fastballs. Like, be ready to jump on fastballs. Make him do stuff with the secondary stuff. And teams that are better than Oakland should mess him up a little bit. He does get the Astros next week. That could be a bad start for Bryce Miller. That said, the Mariners need Bryce. Robbie Ray is out for the year. Can you tell me who the normal fifth starter is for the Mariners? It's Chris Flexen. They don't want to do that. Bryce Miller is the guy. Could be Emerson Hancock later on this year if they need more more reinforcements. But the Mariners are going to rely on Bryce especially considering that they're below 500 right now. They have a team that should make the playoffs. They 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 are going to be aggressive here. So I like that for Bryce. The Mariners should get some more wins than they have thus far. I do worry a little bit about the entire arsenal, and this does speak to volatility, I think, because I, I don't think that the command is actually that amazing with Bryce, but how he's missing is better than I expected. So I like it. He's not going to go 10Ks, zero walks moving forward. I actually would be surprised if he had like three or four walks next time. But this is very exciting. It's a very, very good four-seamer. As for Mason, those four walks that I mentioned before, right? Seven innings, zero earned runs, zero hits. He was removed with a no-hitter. Four walks and six Ks. He was up to 100 pitches. This is seven innings for Mason Miller. Remember all the questions I got? He's not going to throw any innings. 100 pitches. Sure, he was throwing a no-hitter, but they still let him do it. He was at about 90 pitches and went back out for the seventh. Very exciting stuff there. I love the fact that in the seventh inning, I believe his final three pitches were filthy sliders to get a strikeout. All three were strikes. And that, to me, is a major thing. In this entire start, 
he had a 46% CSW on the slider. And in the first two games, Mason Miller was about four seamers and hopefully getting strikes with the cutter and, and slider. This was a much better performance with that breaker. The cutter has a ton of potential at 94, but only went nine for 23 strikes here. I think that's something that develops as we move forward. There were times it just kind of slipped out of his hand in this one. He was also squeezed a little bit. It was really 10 out of 23 strikes at the very least. Uh, but Mason Miller, to me, I think with that full repertoire, is better than Bryce, is better than anyone else of these prospect guys. It is a legitimate three-plus pitch mix. And it's just a matter of, is he going to develop into that or not? Not to mention, none of the Oakland Athletics pitchers have earned a win this year. None of their starting pitchers. Which is insanely dumb, and I cannot believe that. And Mason Miller shouldn't have had this, but then the bullpen allowed a home run to A.J. Pollock. I know it's Pollock. That's a wonderful name. Spells it wrong, but uh, he couldn't get it. I think that Mason Miller ultimately has that higher ceiling, but it's going to be a lower win probability than Bryce. So play with that however you want. I love the fact that he, yeah, that Mason Miller won 100 pitches. Oakland is just going to let him do this. It's great. Anthony Descofani also had a fantastic start. He went against the Astros, and I've been docking points to Tony Disco because of the rough schedule. And he actually, I mean, he didn't do well last time. Like, that was correct. <laughs> but against the Astros here, eight innings, zero earned runs, three hits, zero walks, three strikeouts, six whiffs, 20% CSW. He got away with this one. Don't even, I, I, I you know you want to give him credit. He got away with it, okay? That's fine. I don't really care that he did because now he actually has a much better schedule than I anticipated. Nationals, Diamondbacks, and Marlins next. And I lowered him too far in the list because of this start against the Astros. I shouldn't have done that. I mean, I was pretty much saying like, go get Mason Miller and Bryce Miller instead of Anthony Escafani, which I don't regret. But he should have been in like the 60s or so, right? 70s maybe. Uh, Okay, fine. But Anthony Escafani is a Toby at the end of the day. And that's, that's cool. Uh, that's you guys get it same with Bryce Elder he went against the Marlins we want to start that got the win seven innings zero runs three hits zero walks six k's great now it's Boston Texas Dodgers no thank you so you know that that's how you should be treating this like a 12 teamer I, I think too many look at the waiver wire on like a Tuesday in the middle of the week and they go my gosh there is nothing here this is dumb and they think now that they need to hold on to something like Bryce Elder I'm gonna tell you by Saturday, you're going to see things on the wire that you want. <laughs> there are always ups and downs with a waiver wire. Week by week, it changes. And because you think that it's barren at the moment, it will not be barren in a week. It just it just won't. So do not hold on to guys like Bryce Elder for too long because you think there's nothing else. It's okay. Just go and chase a stream here and there instead. You do not need to hold on to Bryce Elder tightly in your 12-teamers. 15-teamers, maybe, because you are you need to chase the win opportunities a little bit more fine, but I think guys like Bryce Elder are going to be more and more uh, accessible. Keep in mind, it's an 89, 90-mile-per-hour sinker with a whiff that earned, f- sorry, a slider that earned four out of 40 whiffs. Like, this isn't some incredible pitcher, Bryce Elder. I'm super, super happy he had his command going to a T against the Marlins, but like, do you really want to Vargas rule this? I, I don't think you need to. Uh, we have a lot more guys to talk about. I've spent so much time on four. 
And we're going to get to all of them, so many, after this break. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Joe Ryan against the White Sox. Six innings, zero and runs, one hit, two walks, seven Ks. I mean, he's so close to getting the aces and aces. I just didn't think the fastball was actually that good. In this one, the splitter earned a good amount of strikes. The slider was whatever. But it's the White Sox, and that's why Joe Ryan did. I didn't feel like I could give him the aces and ace label after this one. I initially wrote it, and then I deleted it. Michael Waka against the Reds. Six innings, zero and runs, two hits, two walks, and three Ks. I'm glad it worked out. I probably should have had Michael Waka a little bit higher up in this because up in the rankings yesterday's up in this. Because it was the Reds in San Diego. But then again, like, five whiffs, 21.4% CSW across 100 pitches. That's a 5% swing strike rate for Waka. The changeup wasn't even good. Uh, be careful with this one. Trevor Williams, no. I know, guys. I know it's been three. Uh, it's been, Sorry. It's been two runs or fewer in four of his last five starts for Trevor Williams. I just, I can't do this. I, I No, do not do this. He, not against the Giants next. Please don't. Uh, the Rays did a bullpen game, and Josh Fleming followed with 3.1 innings and didn't survive through the fifth, so he didn't get the win. So even if you were chasing that, you didn't even get it. Like, don't do it. Michael Kopech against the Twins. Very interesting. And by the way, I want to remind everybody, Saturday, May 6th in New York City, the Commissioner Bar in Brooklyn, we are having a pitcher list meetup, the annual one. It's an awesome, awesome time every single time. 4 p.m. Eastern time, of course, in Brooklyn at the Bar of the Commissioner. You can find it on the website, too. You can find out more information, who's coming, all that kind of stuff. I hope to see you there. Just stop on by. We'll probably be there from like 4 to 7 or something along those lines. 4 to 8, I'm not sure. We'll be there at 4 o'clock. I hope to meet you. Hope to say hi. Lots of staffers and community members will be there. Should be a lot of fun. The Commissioner in Brooklyn on 5th Avenue uh, between Garfield and 1st. No, is it Garfield and Carroll, I should say. It's going to be outside. You don't need to be 21 to say hi and stuff. Obviously to drink. <laughs> but I hope to see you there. Michael Kopech, by the way, 95.3 in the fastball, not 97. He did get some whiffs on it. Uh, 10 over 63. He had 7 Ks and 5 walks here. 32% CSW on that fastball. The slider was 2 for 26 whiffs. I know I'm being really, really focused on whiffs right now. As the CSW guy. But uh, yeah, Michael Kopech needs to be doing those two things. And he's not. And it's kind of weird that he did this against the Twins. I just can't I can't buy into it yet. Graham Ashcraft, we talked about him on the stream here. He has a 19% strikeout rate and an 11% walk rate. And I know the ERA is great. It's like a 2 ERA right now. Six innings, one and run, six sets, one walk, three Ks. He has a high ground ball rate, the sixth highest among all starting pitchers. Hard contact rates like at 50th or so. 
I don't know. I, I think that Graham Ashcraft doesn't have the good command that you want. I think I'm selling high still. I got to redo another trade in tout. If you want, if you're in my tout wars and you're listening to this, offer me something. I need a stolen base guy or honestly, I'll take one of the prospect guys. Give me like Bryce Miller or, or, um, or Tanner Bybee or just one of those instead of Graham Ashcraft. Okay, cool. Awesome. Hayden Wisniewski against the Nationals. Six innings, one earned run, five hits, zero walks, and two Ks. One out of 22 whiffs on the breaking ball. This is supposed to be the thing that brings Wesneski into the spotlight, is that breaking ball. And we really haven't seen him dominate with it. And without that, I'm just kind of like, whatever. He gets the Marlins next, so fine. We'll go with that and we'll see where he is. But I'm kind of done chasing Wesneski right now. Um, Patrick Candival, like Candival. Patrick Sandoval. Is that a new one now? He's Irish Panda, then Irish Panda. Now he's the he's Patrick Candival. Well, he, can he do well against the Cardinals? Well, yeah. He got the win. Five innings, one and a run, three hits, three walks, four Ks. It's fine. He didn't really excel with his slider and changeup in ways we haven't seen it in the past. He gets the Astro ne- Astros next. You bench him for that, but then you probably start him against the Orioles after. I don't think you need to hold on tight to Sandoval. I think the whip is still going to be an issue. 120 here. And he's a cherry bomb type. And it's fine. But, yeah, you should be chasing these all of these prospects instead. I'm serious about this. The, Patrick Sandoval is not a league winner. Julio Urias against the, the Phillies got the win. Seven innings, one earned run, one hit, one walk, ten strikeouts. You love to see it. 64% CSW on his curveball. I'm not giving him his ace is going to ace but I want him to see him be a little bit more consistent start to start, but this is very, very good, of course. Freddie Peralta, he's not getting it either, even though he did unreal things in cores. Guys don't earn 25 whiffs in cores. It just doesn't happen. Freddie Peralta did that, but he had 10 base runners here. And with those 10Ks, 200 runs in six innings. Awesome to see it. I need to see like one or two more from Freddie Peralta then I'll get the AGA label. <laughs> Garrett Cole, I can say things, right? Six innings, two earned runs, five hits, three walks, and eight Ks. I want to say ace is going to ace when so we gase the thing to say. He struggled in the first two innings, settled down after that. One out of 12 whiffs on the slider is so weird to me, and he can do just such incredible things when he gets that slider back. It's pretty amazing how he's just dominating with his fastball at this point. Ryan Feldner, we don't care. I don't... I, look... He had two zeroed run starts, and then they're now now it's two hundred runs in five point one innings, and I don't care. I don't care. Don't do Ryan Feldner. Just don't do it. Tanner Bybee, I absolutely adore. Five point one innings, two hundred runs, four hits, zero walks, and five Ks. This was going great, and then the sixth was kind of annoying. They left him in a little bit extra, bit of a careful Icarus in this one. I should have put inside of the blurb. I. Uh, he did. He did get a comebacker to his left wrist, and then was staying in the game. Um, I just think that the whole arsenal here is wonderful for Tanner Bybee, and I think that once he gets his fastball command down pat, and the fact that on his glove it says, stay, what is it, stay L, uh, stay LV or something like that, I can't remember exactly what it is, um, but essentially he needs to elevate his four-seamer, he knows that he's at his best when his four-seamer is elevated, um, and it's awesome, so if he's doing that and his secondaries work, Stay verti. There it is. That's what guys are saying. Yeah. Thank you, Twitch chat. Stay verti. He needs to be vertical on the four-seamer. So, once he does that, uh, he's going to be absolutely incredible with those secondaries falling underneath. 
Tanner Bybee's legit. Hunter Brown is legit. He didn't do well against the Giants, and don't worry about it. 4.1 innings, 200 runs, for its 5 walks, 4 Ks. He wasn't really getting the same strikes that he normally does with the secondary, so he had to use a little bit more of the fastball, which wasn't that good. But honestly, he's going to be fine moving forward. Uh, Zach Gallen against the Rangers, 5 innings, 300 runs, 7 hits, 0 walks, 6 Ks. Yeah, the 28-inning streak uh, was snapped. People wanted me to put him super, super high, and I'm like, guys, he gets the Rangers next. Like, it's not going to be that good. Uh, the Rangers are a really good offense right now. We need to understand this. He gets good matchups moving forward. Everything is fine. Sandy Alcantara, I'm a little bit more worried about. As he once again struggled. Five innings, three runs, six hits, three walks, and five Ks. Yes, it's Atlanta. But he's not dominating with his stuff as we normally see. He's not getting those quicker outs that we like to see. Um, I think we just got to keep rolling with it. And he'll, you know, it's a tiara in many ways. But, I mean, he's going to fall down the list. Not like outside the top 20 or anything ridiculous. It's going to be like maybe around like 10 or 11. But, yeah, it's it's frustrating. I feel your pain, guys. And I want to have a Sandy Crush once again. I just need to begin the process of lowering him. And if he continues to falter, then I just got to keep lowering him, you know? But uh, Sandy Alcantara's stuff is still really good. Um, I don't really have a solution at the moment. I think it's just more being locked in with what he does instead of throwing as many waste pitches as he has thus far. We've seen it before from him where he's had these little blips and then he gets locked in. Tyler Wells against the Royals. He got you a win, a one whip in 4Ks. That's a streaming victory, says Twitch chat, but 400 runs in six innings is really annoying. Tyler Wells is a Toby. He gets Atlanta next. You don't want him for that. You send him back to the wire. We move on. John Gray against Arizona. I honestly don't think that you should be rostering John Gray at the moment. Um, I don't think that he does enough with his repertoire, and that's that. Four and runs in 5.1 innings against the Diamondbacks here. Ronzi Contreras, same thing. Four and runs in 5.1 innings where he doesn't have a good fastball, and you just don't want to do it. Steven Matz, okay, fine. I mean, he gets the Tigers next. It was five innings, four and runs here against the Angels. Maybe that works. I think he should be performing better. I think the results should be better based on what Steven Matz is doing, but I get it. Like, I'm, you know, he was already a deep play anyway. I've been just kind of like sitting on my hands waiting for the good start for me to jump back in. The Tigers are next. That's a very, very sneaky stream. That's all I'll say. Matt Strom against the Dodgers. I know the Dodgers aren't as good against lefties, but like Matt Strom isn't that good anyway. 3.1 innings, 4 and runs, 6 hits, 1 walk, 5 Ks, 7 whiffs, 29% CSW, 73 pitches. I just don't. Just don't go after Matt Strom. The Phillies aren't throwing him a ton or letting him go deep into games. And Strom's stuff is not um, indicative of going 11 strikeouts for consistent starts, guys. Yusei Kikuchi against the Red Sox. Five earned runs in 4.1 innings. You knew this was going to happen. I think his command was actually better than the line will suggest. Nine hits, zero walks, and two Ks. He actually had his slider in the same location as previous starts, which is good. But he gets Pittsburgh and then Atlanta and Baltimore next. And like, just don't do it. Just don't do the Kikuchi ruse. Um, Ryan Yarbrough and Tanner Houck are the last two here. And obviously, you don't want to be starting those guys. All right, moving forward to today's games. Shane McClanahan, Shoei Otani, Max Scherzer, Framber Valdez, Dylan Cease. These are all obvious starts. Logan Gilbert, it looks like he's actually going today against the Athletics. That's good. Aaron Nola, um, Shane Bieber, Marcus Stroman, Kyle Wright, Andrew Heaney. I think if you have any of these, you're starting them. I'm not worried about Bieber. It's the Yankees, and you have Stroman, Wright, and Heaney, all with good matchups. I think you're going to do that. Logan Webb in the probable start tier against the Astros, a little bit more shaky, uh, but I think you're still going to do it. Same with Kyle Gibson and Seth Lugo. They get good matchups against the Royals and Reds, respectively. I think that's worth your time. Questionable start tier. I have Louis Varland 
It's not technically a debut, and I very much like his new fastball, and he gets the White Sox. So that's why he's here. Not the probable start, but I'm leaning start in some cases. Alec Manoa gets the Red Sox. Very shaky considering his command lately. Miles Michaelis against the Angels. Mitch Keller against the Rays. J.P. Sears against the Mariners. Clark Schmidt against the Guardians. And Joey Lucchese in a doubleheader against the Tigers. All of these are like, ugh. And Lucchese, are we really going to see him? Or is he going to be a Fugazi? I don't know. I don't know. All of this is not really fun. And then the do not start here. My rule is that prospect pitchers, I don't start them in MLB debuts. I know it's not gone well. The rule has been broken many a time thus far. But Fought gets the Rangers. And Gavin Stone gets the Phillies. And I just feel, ah, don't do it. But I'm excited for both of them, of course. Braxton Garrett, Zach Granke, Joey Wentz, Nick Pavetta, Kyle Freeland, Eric Lauer, Luis Sessa, Jake Irvin's making his debut as well against the Cubs. Um, but yeah, again, don't really want to do any of this. Uh, tomorrow's games. It's actually, I think, the easiest rankings I've done uh, in a while. Kevin Gosman, Max Free, Pablo Lopez, George Kirby. Very clear auto starts here against their matchups. They're all wonderful. Safer Gosman gets the Red Sox, but he's been just so good. Grace Rodriguez gets the Royals. You just got to do that. Jesus Lazardo gets the, gets Atlanta, but you're going to be starting Jesus Lazardo. And Justin Verlander comes back from the IL. Normally is still ill, but how bad is this really going to be against the Tigers? You know, Justin Verlander is going to throw in five innings, likely get a win. Like, if you have Verlander, just start him for this. And the probable start here, Lucas Giolito survived against the Rays, and now he gets the Twins. I still feel as if his repertoire isn't quite where it needs to be at the moment. But I think if you have him, you're going to start him. Same with Jack Flaherty against the Angels. You're going to start him. Even though it's the Angels, they are doing well offensively. But Jack Flaherty has actually looked a lot better in three of his last four starts, sitting 93-94, which is good. And also having at least 10 whiffs on his breakers is really, really nice. Then you have Zach Eflin against the Pirates. The Pirates offense is looking kind of good. But Zach Eflin could go five, six innings here and it just be a solid Toby, essentially. So I think he's in the probable start realm. Good chance for a win. I mean... The Pirates are 20 and 10, but do we really think that's going to stick around? And then Griffin Canning is my stream pick of the day against the slumping Cardinals. I really like Griffin Canning's 25% fastball approach. I think this could work well for you. Questionable start tier. Eduardo Rodriguez and Vince Velasquez are normally higher in the probable start tier, but they get the Mets and the Rays respectively. I think you sit those out. Eduardo maybe. Maybe in the probable start tier, but I think it's just a little too risky. And then do not start is Brian Bayo against uh, the Jays. Jordan Lyles couldn't do well against the Orioles, but I don't want to ever start Jordan Lyles, say, for the easiest of matchups. Um, Wade Miley in cores. Patrick Corbin, Connor Seabold, Drew Rosinski, and Nick Neidert. That is it for tomorrow. And that is it for this podcast. So thank you all so much for supporting what we do. And of course, I hope to see you on Saturday at the Commissioner. Come on by, introduce yourself, meet some wonderful, great baseball people who all share the same passion that you have for this wonderful game. It's going to be a wonderful time, but that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock, and may your babas be low and your strikeouts high.